cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Aaron Miles, Chief Investment Officer of Verano. Aaron, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys, for having me. Really looking forward to it. So Verano's portfolio encompasses 14 U.S. states, 13 active operations, 14 production facilities, comprises over a million square feet of cultivation, just like on a macro land point. How many different companies is that realistically running from a state-by-state standpoint? Because every state operates completely differently. You've got different challenges. So how complex is that to oversee an operation of that magnitude? As complex as it can get. And you know, a lot of times people will try to liken us to the, the alcohol and the beverage industry. And it's it's not an apples to apples because you know they'll have regional distribution, you know, hubs and everything else, everything we operate in in a business has to be produced in that state. So now here you are, you're trying to build a national brand. You're trying to build product that is consistent across this footprint. And oh, by the way, you have to do it on a state-by-state basis. And so for us, our million square feet, you know, 14 cultivation facilities, all of them look and feel a lot of uh, very similar, the way that, you know, the the, the operations flow and, and to get to the final output. And so, you know, for us, the challenges are, are unprecedented. But, you know, now let's go back to my initial comments of, of really when you start in a state like Illinois, and you're building that framework and that blueprint for how you want to build a vertical integration in the state, you can now take that blueprint and start to layer it on state by state. Now, where the challenges come in is it's, you know, there's certain restrictions, you know, where you can only have so many dispensaries and so much cultivation in each state. And, you know, the regulation in each state is different. It's indications of who would qualify for a medical program, what products are allowed. Some, you know, like, you know, uh, companies or some states don't allow for chocolate. Some do, some allow for gummies, some don't. And, in how you, you know, there's zero marketing and advertising in each of these states. So, you know, I think that's the challenge is how do you con- build a consistent brand when you can't actually have the same product portfolio in every state? From a growth perspective, do you think investors sometimes struggle to understand the, the critical differences between, let's say, an organic growth win in a certain state versus an M&A and how the differences between those markets are from an investment standpoint and understanding kind of the growth aspect, like what it costs to get in and also what the upside could be? Uh, New Jersey was an organic win for us. Right, a couple million bucks to win a license, and you can do the math on it. We have a hundred twenty thousand square foot facility in Branchburg, double, triple stacked in certain areas. We have the most SKUs in the market. You know, we have three dispensaries in the central region. We're on the border of um, you know Pennsylvania with our Lawrence Zenleaf Lawrence facility. We're in Neptune, uh, which is by the Jersey Shore. We have a very secure location there. We're in, we're in Elizabeth, which is like you can spit on the Lincoln Tunnel from there. So now we have an organic win, costs us $2 million, and then plus the cost to build out the facilities, and now do the the general assumptions of what those assets are producing, right? Now you go in and you acquire those three assets in the cultivation facility. Now you're talking, you know, 100 plus million. I mean, maybe a little bit different now, just given some of the market pricing has come down, uh, you know, given some of the dynamics in the market. But, you know, you have to justify not only a acquisition cost and then the cost of a build out versus going down the licensing route. So organic is obviously the sole focus because not only organically is a, is a, is a lower cost of entry into a market, but then we can dictate how those assets are built out. As we continue in these uh, really challenging capital markets, 
does your team put any emphasis on thinking that there could be a future opportunity where a lot of distressed assets can, could come online? Absolutely. I mean, we are always looking at how we want to expand our footprint. And you have to build those relationships. You have to continue those conversations. Um, and it's nothing that we want to do in the near term. But if the right opportunity presented itself and it made sense for our portfolio and it fit the Verano mold of what we're trying to accomplish and it could be accretive to the business, you know, we'll evaluate that. But we have the luxury of being extremely patient. Right. I mean, there's operators again. I mean, when SAFE did not pass, that was a, you know, a, you know, a, a disappointment across the board. I mean, I, I would have loved to have seen the headline that SAFE passed. And, but for us, what changed when SAFE didn't pass? Absolutely nothing. Cause we don't operate the business based off of assumptions of regulatory moves. There's operators that were like, like, we need SAFE to pass. Cause if SAFE doesn't pass, the lights are going to turn off here very quickly. And, you know, so that's the sad reality of the business is that, you know, SAFE has always been characterized as catering to the t- tier ones, giving us access to the capital and, you know, uplisting. There's going to be uh, just a domination in the market. Well, market to market, there's certain limitations that we have to operate under. So it's not like we can come in and, and own the entire state of Illinois because there's restrictions on how many assets we can own. So what SAFE does is it actually levels the playing field. It allows a smaller operators to become much more relevant and then it allows us to partner with them much more uh, uh i guess efficiently so for us it's the tide that raises all ships concept what is one aspect operating the cannabis industry that would surprise or shock others to know the ability to adapt right i think people don't really understand the layers that we have to encounter every day and so when you think about staying ahead of those opportunities like it, it's it's tremendously challenging to operate what's available, but then continually level up. And so I would say the adaptability of not only the executive team, but you know our employees at all levels, again, we're all steering the ship in the right direction. So I would say adaptability. What scenario keeps you up at night? Regulation all day. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, how, how long do we have? Because I can talk about quite a few other things, but um, I would say this. I would say regulation keeps us up because of the uncertainty of it. And it's the one thing that like, if people could just get out of our way uh, and, and we had a clear path of how we could operate and, and, and really invest back into the business ahead of growth is, is, is one thing. But regulation is something that keeps me up. And I would say this too, I mean, you know, it doesn't keep me up, but it's something that we really want to focus on is, you know, culture in our company is very important. And so you, know, you want to make sure that you don't get caught in the weeds where I'm so focused on making sure that we're positioned ahead of uplisting and institutional dollars and all this stuff across the board where you're not showing gratitude back to your employees. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're developing careers, you're making sure that people feel that they're a part of the ride and the journey. Um, so we definitely want to make sure that we're never overlooking employees and giving people plenty of opportunity to, to excel uh, and, and, and really succeed here. When you got started in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? So listen, you know, in my world, capital markets, uh, depend, it doesn't matter what investment banks you, you use. I would say that what I got right was being able to institute a blueprint for investor relations and, you know, treasury and, and, and layering on how we need to do business the right way. Now, what you get wrong is, is you make assumptions. And so 2018, I just assumed we were going to use computer share as our, uh, you know, our, our transfer agent. And, you know, I called up my contact there and they hung up the phone on me. And then, then you start to have a few oh shit moments. And then you're like, wait, every vendor that I used to work with isn't available to me. So I would say the assumption aspect in 2018 is really, I think a lot of us got, you know, we had to work very closely. I and mean, you don't, 
really share a lot of trade secrets with, with your competitors, but we all had to come together and, and A, keep each other sane, but then also say, okay, I'm using this vendor. You should do this, this website vendor, you know? So I'd say assumptions are probably the biggest mistake we made, but you know, that you think about my transition over to Verano without a hitch, like, you know, every box was checked and everything was ready to go because we went public a little bit later than, than the other uh, peers in, in our, in our peer set. Before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, if you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? Take on opportunities like this, right? Corporations in America pay you to give up on your dreams. And, and so when you look at the cannabis space, we're a billion-dollar startup company. And everybody feels like they're an owner in this company. And, and so for me personally, it's like, I'm invested in cannabis, but I'm even now more aggressive on what I could do on my own and, and how I could invest in different industries and, and start to look from that, that perspective. So I would say just the pure sense of ownership of this company is just the most appealing aspect to this. Aaron, we're sitting here a year from now. What does the cannabis landscape look like? What has changed for the good or the bad? So for the good, um, you just naturally assume that Washington is going to have more and more conversations about some form of, of legislation. So that's good. The more conversations you have, the more you can push, the more we can get in front of regulators and financial institutions, I would say, uh, would be good. I would say you're going to look at markets, continue to either adopt an adult use program and or turn on, right? So Maryland is scheduled to turn on within the year. Now, there's no guarantees on that. And again, we'll, we'll stay ahead of that. You know, the bad, uh, I would say, is just, you know, kind of the norm. And and you're going you're, you're gonna to see, you know, potential for consolidation in the space as operators become more and more distressed. You know, it's kind of like both sides of the fence. That's good and bad. Aaron, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to learn more and they want to buy Verano products. Where can they find you? Our main national uh, dispensary brand is Zenleaf. Uh, you can find uh, more information at verano.com. You can go to investors.verano.com. You can invest, uh, investors at verano.com is actually the email address if you want to get in touch with me or my department. Uh, and if you go to verano.com, there'll obviously be much more information on product uh, uh, selection and, and, and dispensaries and whatnot. We'll link those up in the show notes. This was fun. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.